Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. He opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. Jesus was silent. Listen, Jesus was silent before his accusers because Jesus was dying in our place for our sins as our substitute and we are guilty before God there's no defense or excuse Jesus could offer for us have you ever been around someone who wasn't afraid of the awkward silence in the room they sit there and allow the discussion to come to a complete standstill and still say nothing In extreme cases, they even leave the room after several minutes of contemplation, but still say nothing. It takes great discipline and confidence to do something like that. Today, Pastor Dan says this discipline is why Jesus acted in this manner when he was being accused. He remained steadfast and silent because there was nothing to say. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew, chapter 27, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. It says, And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. So they accused Jesus of three things, perverting the nation, forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, and claiming to be Christ, a king. These are the official charges they bring against Jesus to the Roman government. They cannot accuse Jesus of blasphemy because Pontius Pilate doesn't care about blasphemy. That's a religious issue. And Pilate will say, you settle that yourselves. So they have to make up charges that will be a concern to Pilate as the Roman governor and a concern to Rome. And so they accuse Jesus of perverting the nation or plotting against the nation, plotting against the Roman government, trying to subvert the Roman Authority. They essentially are saying, this guy's a revolutionary. He's trying to incite a rebellion among the people. And remember, Pilate's number one job is to maintain peace in the territory that he governs. And so Jesus is accused of being a, a dangerous revolutionary. 
They also accused Jesus of telling people to not pay taxes to Caesar. Now, is that what Jesus said? No. Remember, Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but give to God what belongs to God. Jesus said the opposite. But they accused Jesus of telling people to not pay their taxes to Caesar. The third accusation is he claims to be Christ, a king. So he is a direct threat to Caesar. So Pilate interrogates Jesus regarding these these charges in verse 11. Look at verse 11 again. And the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? That's the accusation. Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said to him, It is as you say. Now notice Pilate doesn't ask if he's the Christ. Are you the Christ of the Jews? He doesn't care about that. That's a religious title. He says, are you the king of the Jews? A king is a threat to Caesar's authority. Now, F.F. Bruce, a, a, a Greek scholar who's gone to be with the Lord, he points out that in the Greek, the emphasis of Pilate's question is on the word you. So Pilate's question is more like, are you the king of the Jews? You, you are the king of the Jews? Maybe Pilate asked the question with disbelief or shock. After all, Jesus is a simple carpenter from Galilee. He doesn't look like a king. He doesn't dress like a king. He's not dressed like royalty. He's not wearing royal garments or fancy clothing. Plus, remember, the religious leaders beat up Jesus, pummeled him earlier in the previous night, and so his face is bloodied and bruised and swollen. Jesus doesn't look like a king to Pilate. He doesn't look like a dangerous revolutionary. He doesn't look like he's someone who is subverting the Roman government. And so Pilate asks, are you the king of the Jews? Are you the threat? Are you what the fuss is all about? You're the reason the religious leaders showed up here at my palace so early in the morning? You? And in response, Jesus affirms that he is the king of the Jews, saying to Pilate, it is as you say. And that's it. He doesn't, he doesn't try to explain it. He doesn't do a miracle to prove it. He just, yeah, I am. Now, Luke's gospel says at this point, Pilate takes Jesus back out to the religious leaders because they won't come in. And Pilate declares, I find no fault in this man. I find no fault in this man. Pilate declares his innocence. This is a trial. They've made their accusations. Pilate interrogates him, comes back out and says he's innocent. He's no threat to Caesar. Now, in a civil trial, judicial trial, right, when the judge declares a person innocent, what happens next? Case dismissed. But that's not what happens here. Pilate's initial ruling was Jesus is innocent, but then the religious leaders made other accusations against Jesus. Look at verse 12. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. And then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him not one word so that the governor marveled greatly. Pilate was used to defendants defending themselves. 
right? He's used to people defending themselves against the accusations that are being made, but Jesus was silent. It says he answered not one word. He just stood there silently as all these accusations are flying against him. Not a single word, so much so that the governor marveled greatly because Jesus just stood there silently. Now, Jesus was silent in fulfillment of the prophecy in Isaiah 53, verse 7, that says he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Jesus was silent. Listen, Jesus was silent before his accusers because Jesus was dying in our place for our sins as our substitute. And we are guilty before God. There's no defense or excuse Jesus could offer for us. And so he just stood there. Now, again, Luke's account tells us that as the chief priests and elders were shouting accusations against Jesus, that one of them mentioned that Jesus is from Galilee. Luke chapter 23, verse 6. And when Pilate heard that Jesus was from Galilee, Pilate saw a way out of this situation. He saw a way of escape for himself because Pilate was governor over Judea and Samaria, not Galilee. Herod Antipas ruled over the Galilee. And Herod Antipas happened to be in Jerusalem, staying in the other palace, right across the courtyard from Pilate. And so what does Pilate do? The other Gospels tell us he sent Jesus across the courtyard to the other building to Herod Antipas because Jesus was a Galilean. You know how it is dealing with bureaucrats and bureaucracy. You know, you go down to the county, you know, to the office of zoning, and they're like, oh, no, you don't want to be here. You need to go over to, and you go over to that other place. Oh, no, we can't help you here. What you need to do is you need to go down to, right? And they just kind of pass the buck, and that's what Pilate does here. Oh, did you say a Galilean? That's not my jurisdiction. I'm Judea, Samaria. You need to go to the Galilean ruler. That's Herod Antipas. You're going to go across this courtyard here into that other building over there and ask for Herod Antipas. Maybe he can help you out. That becomes the second phase of his civil trial. And it's not recorded for us in Matthew, but we're told in Luke's gospel that Jesus refused to answer Herod's questions. He was silent before Herod Antipas. And so Herod Antipas sent Jesus back to Pilate, sends him back across the courtyard to the other building, back to Pontius Pilate, And once Jesus was returned to Pilate, Pilate declared to the religious leaders, again, this is in Luke chapter 23, verses 14 to 15. This is, again, this is like his official ruling in the case. Listen to what he says, Luke 23, verses 14 and 15. You have brought this man to me as one who misleads the people, and indeed, having examined him in your presence, I have found no fault in this man concerning those things of which you accuse him. No, neither did Herod, for I sent you back to him. And indeed, nothing deserving of death has been done by him. He declares him innocent for a second time. 
He declares him innocent. And he says, Herod also found no fault in him. Herod also found him innocent. He's done nothing deserving of death. He poses no threat to Rome or Caesar as you accuse him. Case dismissed. Nope. That brings us to verse 15. And Pilate now, because he knows Jesus is innocent, he attempts to release Jesus. Now, he has the authority to just dismiss the case. He has the authority to say he's innocent. Get out of here. Go home. But instead, what he does now is he attempts to release Jesus. Look at verse 15. Now, at the feast, the governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Verse 18, for he knew that they handed him over because of envy. Pilate knew that this whole thing was just a sham. That the charges weren't real. The accusations weren't real. They're envious of Jesus because of the crowds that he's drawing. The common people received him gladly. The religious leaders see him as a threat to their position in society. That's why they're trying to destroy him. Pilate knew all of that. And he knew that this is just the whole thing's just a sham. And so they have this tradition. They have this custom that during the Passover, the Roman governor would release one Jewish prisoner as a goodwill gesture to the Jews. And he gives the Jewish people gathered there that morning a choice He can release Jesus, or he can release to them Barabbas. And we are told that Barabbas is a notorious prisoner. The other Gospels tell us that Barabbas was an insurrectionist who led a revolt in the city of Jerusalem, and he was a murderer. And so Pilate intentionally gives the people a very lopsided choice between Jesus and Barabbas. You can have Jesus released into your community or you can have Barabbas released into your community. Do you want Jesus who does good everywhere he goes, who heals people, who works miracles, who even raises the dead back to life walking your streets? Or do you want a notorious prisoner and murderer walking your streets? Do you want the one who gives life to people or the one who takes life from people released into your society? It never entered Pilate's mind that they would ask for Barabbas over Jesus. That they would say, give us the murderer instead of Jesus. 
we'd rather have someone dangerous in society and dangerous for society than Jesus in our society. This reminds me of when Jesus delivered the demon-possessed man in Gadara. Remember that story? The man was demon-possessed with many demons, and Jesus cast the demons out of the possessed man, and he cast the demons into the pigs. Remember that? And the herd of swine. And then the herd of swine ran down the hill and off the cliff and into the Sea of Galilee where they drowned. First case of swine flu ever in history, right? First case of devil hammed, right? They did a swine dive. These are all old pastor jokes that go back. Uh, really, they traced them back to the apostle Peter, actually. But do you remember what happened next? The people from the nearby city, they came out. And remember what it says about the demon-possessed man. If you don't remember the story, this demon-possessed man, the people in that community had tried to get a handle on this guy. They tried to control him. They tried to imprison him in the past. They tried to put him in shackles. He would break the shackles. The guy was a terror to this community. And so finally, the people just stayed away from that area where he lived. He lived in the tombs, among the caves of the tombs. And people just didn't go over to that part of town anymore because of this maniac who's demon-possessed, who lives over there. And then it says, once Jesus delivered him, it says the man was clothed and seated and in his right mind. And that's what Jesus does. He puts people in their right mind. Jesus is the only one who can take a demon-possessed maniac and put them in their right mind. And when the people come out of the city and they see this former you know, demon-possessed guy who terrorized their community sitting there clothed in his right mind, and they see the swine dead in the Sea of Galilee, instead of thanking Jesus for delivering this guy and helping their community, they ask Jesus to leave. They'd rather have pigs and a demon-possessed man in their community than Jesus in their community. And here, given the choice between a murderer walking the streets or Jesus walking the streets, they'd rather have a murderer. We'll take anything but Jesus. We'll take anyone but Jesus. And listen, don't think people are any different today. Don't think people are any different today. Our culture today says we'll take anything but Jesus. You can give us anything but Jesus. We don't want your Jesus. You look at what they're allowing into schools right now what they're allowing into public libraries right now? You try to bring Jesus in? You try to bring the Bible in? No thanks. Right? You want to have a drag queen story hour at the public library? That is welcome. You want to have a Christian story hour? Well, you're going to need an attorney for that. You're going to have to threaten a lawsuit to get permission for that. You can give us anything you want. We'll take anything you want. Just please do not give us Jesus. You know, Jesus said that light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. That's the issue here in our text. That's the issue in the world today. That's the issue in our culture. Men love darkness rather than light because the light exposes their deeds. And so men choose darkness over light and they try to extinguish the light of Jesus Christ. So verse 19. So while Pilate was sitting on his judgment seat, his wife sent to him saying, have nothing to do with that just man. For I have suffered many things today in a dream 
because of him. So the wife of Pontius Pilate had this disturbing dream about Jesus. She wakes up from the dream. She immediately sends a message to her husband warning him to have nothing to do with this just man or this innocent man. And dreams play a prominent role in the New Testament. Dreams play a very prominent role in the Gospel of Matthew. God communicates through dreams. We see here that God even communicates to unbelievers through a dream. And you can imagine how this probably impacted Pilate. Here he is. He's, he receives this message from his wife, warning him about Jesus. While Jesus is on trial, he's sitting in his judgment seat to judge Jesus. He's got this mob there that is getting worked up. And this must have really caused Pilate to pause here. And so Pilate, at this point, Pilate knows that Jesus is innocent. He's declared that he's innocent. Herod Antipas found no fault in Jesus. And now Pilate receives this sobering warning from his wife. Listen, Pilate knows the right thing to do is to dismiss this case. Case dismissed. He knows that. He knows the right thing to do is to set Jesus Christ free. But he's not courageous enough to do it. Again, this is the same Pilate that anytime anybody protests, he just sends the troops in and crushes them. And now he's lost his courage. He doesn't have the courage to do the right thing. The crowd is, is influencing him. Other people are influencing him. The best time to do the right thing is the moment you know the right thing to do. That is the best time to do the right thing. The best time to do the right thing is the moment you know the right thing to do. Doing the right thing is not something you should put off until later. Don't delay doing the right thing when you know the right thing to do. Don't put it off. The longer you delay doing the right thing, the harder it will be to do the right thing. And probably all of us here have been in a situation at some point in life when we knew the right thing to do, or we knew that we should say no, or we knew that we should shut something down, and we put it off, and we put it off, and we put it off, maybe because of peer pressure, maybe because we didn't want to offend someone, maybe because we didn't want to hurt someone's feelings, and we put off doing the right thing, and then later on we regretted it. We regret it not taking action sooner. We regret it putting it off. And we said, I should have done that a long time ago, or I should have done that six months ago, or I should have dealt with that thing at the very beginning when I knew that it was wrong, before I got so deep into this and so entangled in this, and now i got to get myself untangled from all of this. And it would have been so much easier if I would have just done the right thing when I knew the right thing to do and not put it off. As soon as Pilate knew Jesus was innocent, he should have dismissed the case, but he didn't. And he's just getting sucked into this thing now. Look at verse 20. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus you know, there's people from all over Israel there in Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover, all over the Mediterranean world that would make the pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And so maybe in the multitude there, there's many people, they, they don't really know who Barabbas is. Maybe they don't know who Jesus is. But the chief priests and the elders, they know those guys. They recognize those guys. 
And here the chief priests and the elders are in the crowd, and they're saying, release Barabbas. And so the crowd just kind of goes along with the chief priests. They persuade the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. And Pilate said to them, what then shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? Notice, they all said to him, let him be crucified. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring sure than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Matthew chapter by chapter and verse by verse. This is a book that may cause you to be curious about the history before and also what comes after. If you're wondering about something you heard today, would you give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about anything you heard today or to hear about how these messages are impacting your life. We'd also love to know about any prayer requests you might have. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. Would you be willing to pray for the ministry of Ring of Truth? So many listeners may be hearing life-giving scripture they might not hear elsewhere. What an opportunity to reach people who are lost and without hope in the world. We'd be grateful for your prayers as the word is going out through these messages. If you'd like some specifics, we'd ask that you pray that lives would be changed and that God's kingdom would have more and more souls join Him because of the truth of His Word. Thanks so much for listening today and for praying. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, we encourage you to go to calvaryec.com. Next time, Pastor Dan will continue on in the book of Matthew, right here on Ring of Truth. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. 